Hello, everyone, and welcome to Headwise, the weekly video and audio podcast of the National Headache Foundation. I'm Dr. Lindsay Weitzel. I'm the founder of Migraine Nation, and I have a history of chronic and daily migraine that began at the age of four. I am here today with one of my personal heroes, and I feel very lucky to be able to interview him today. It's not every day I get to do that. I am here with Bob Wald. He is the founder and executive director, excuse me, at Cluster Busters. Cluster Busters is a nonprofit organization dedicated to research and a cure while advocating to improve the lives of people with cluster headache. So hello, Bob. How are you? Hello, Lindsay. I'm doing well, and it's good to see you. Thank you so much for being with us today. So we are going to talk to Bob today about all things cluster headache and cluster busters. We are going to learn from him uh, about cluster headache. We're going to learn about the cluster busters organization and what it took to develop this organization that has done so much for people with cluster headache. So Bob, can you please start by just telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, and why and how you form cluster busters? Okay. Sure, I'll um, try to wrap up 45 years of cluster headaches uh, in um, a couple of minutes here. So, yeah, um, yeah, I developed cluster headaches about 45 years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. The first four years, I was misdiagnosed with all sorts of things Mm -hmm. um, and had a lot of different treatments that um, weren't working. But cluster headaches are um, complicated in diagnosis sometimes because you'll try a treatment then all of a sudden your cluster headaches go away and you think that that treatment worked you know whether it was treating what you thought was a sinus infection and it goes away so you the next time that um, they come back you try to treat another sinus infection and it doesn't work mm-hmm. um, because you actually don't have a sinus infection um, I went through a, a lot of different treatments including having root canals and teeth pulled and all sorts of things before I ever heard the word cluster headaches. Um, So yeah, I went through a full four years of being misdiagnosed with two cycles of cluster headaches every year um, before I finally had a name for what I was going through. And we're gonna, Um, I'm only going to interrupt you for one second because I want everyone to know that we're going to talk about what cluster headache is in just a moment for everyone who doesn't know, because it is one of the most, if not the most painful condition known to man. So go ahead and keep telling your story. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I was uh, in my early twenties when I started with clusters and I was just starting to build my family and my life and had a couple of small kids and um, was struck with these terrible, devastating headaches and um they would come and go and mm-hmm. um the thing about cluster headaches is you know, they they for most people they come in cycles which last anywhere from 6 weeks to 3 months long and then they go away completely until the next cycle starts um and that was happening to me um in those early years and trying to figure out what it was that i had um and for the next 20 years, I tried 70 different prescription medications to try to treat my cluster headaches in hundreds of combinations, and nothing was working well at all. Um, 
we would try something new every time a new cycle started and um i would go in and see a doctor and he would prescribe something and it, at least it would give me a little bit of hope to get me through the next 30 days before my next appointment and um, then we would try something else so always had hope of some medication helping and nothing ever really did um, the only thing that was really working uh, as an acute treatment was high flow oxygen um, and um, it helped to treat an attack but it wouldn't help to treat the cluster cycle itself so Every time I would have an attack, um, I would have to get on onto the oxygen. Um, what happened after about 20 years or so was the internet developed a way to communicate with people and to do research. And we ended up building a community online of people with cluster headaches that were out searching for some help because most of their doctors weren't any help at all because very few even neurologists knew how to properly treat cluster headaches um so that community was real important for people to be able to share the little tricks of the trade that we had all learned on our own trying to right. get through each cycle and um that's what ended up getting me to form cluster busters was that community working together and you know, one of the big problems was trying to find a doctor that understood what cluster headaches were. Most neurologists don't even know what cluster headaches are um, or how to treat them. And um, so trying to find a doctor um, that knew what he was doing was difficult. So there was a lot of education that needed to be done, not only of patients, but also of, of doctors. Um, mm -hmm. And at that point, there was really no research at all going on for cluster headaches there was some for migraine going on but nothing for cluster headaches and the community itself was sharing some ideas that we felt could help each other um and what was really driving force behind cluster buses was trying to increase the amount of research uh, that was going on for finding something to help people with clusters and also to educate the medical field into um you know trying to find somebody that knew what they were talking about with clusters so yeah. that was the impetus behind forming cluster cluster busters 20 years ago it's an amazing story of someone who went through an unbelievable amount of suffering and then moved on to not only help themselves but help other people who we're going through um, a similar crisis. Um, I I love your story. Now let's, if you could just tell everyone, because you're you're right. So many people, even people who have chronic migraine, often don't know what cluster headache is. So it's very likely that much of our audience audience doesn't fully understand cluster headache. So can you tell everyone exactly what cluster headache is? Sure. Um... I'd be happy to. And um, diagnosing cluster headaches is um, the frustrating part is that it can be really simple if the doctor or the person knows which questions to ask. Um, when I was diagnosed with cluster headaches after being misdiagnosed all those years, mm -hmm. I mean, it was within five minutes and probably three or four questions that the doctor asked me 
before he told me, oh, well, if that's the case, then you have what's called cluster headaches. Wow. So so if you ask the right questions, it's really easy to diagnose, which makes it very frustrating because a lot of people um, with cluster headaches go years and years without being properly diagnosed. A lot of them um, are women that are diagnosed as having migraine mm-hmm. and are just never asked the questions about um, you know w- whether or not they have cluster headaches. It was always thought to be... Um, more of a man's disease and migraine with women. Mm-hmm. When I started this, the the numbers were about eight to one men versus women mm-hmm. uh, for cluster headaches. Um, and I think that through at least part of our work, that number has actually come down to between two and three times the number of men versus women. Mm-hmm. So a lot more people now are getting properly diagnosed. It's not that there are more women coming down with clusters it's just that more women are now being diagnosed properly mm-hmm. um, cluster headaches um, are called clusters because that's the way the headache attacks come on in clusters and groups and you'll be perfectly fine one day and the next day your cycle may start and people have usually between three and eight attacks a day the attacks can last usually about an hour, but they can last up to three hours long. And when you have one at two o'clock in the afternoon, you're going to have one at two o'clock in the afternoon every day until your cycle ends. So it's believed that the hypothalamus in, in the brain is tied to um, what's going on with cluster headaches. And that's your um, regulating system in your body, your body clock. Um so when your cycle starts, it normally starts at the same time every year within days or a couple of weeks every year at the same time. If your cycle is going to start April 13th every year, then within a few days, you know that that cycle is going to start. It's really strange. Mm-hmm. And that is good points and bad points. It's, it's good to know when it may be starting, but then you're looking forward to it. And you know what's around the clock. Mm-hmm. You know, and when it's going to be starting. So you start going into panic mode when things start getting a little bit closer. Um, it's a very sharp pain. It's described usually by people with them as similar to a hot poker being pushed through your temple area, through your brain, and then back to the backside of your eye. It puts a lot of pressure on your eye, and it's a very sharp pain um it comes on very quickly mm-hmm. within a couple of minutes you know, you'll get a, a little twinge and within a couple of minutes you're in a full-blown number 10 attack which drops you to your knees and people will bang their head on the floor um, bang their head on walls um, trying to either distract themselves or even try to hit their head so hard that they can knock themselves out during the pain, but the pain just kind of pushes you right through that uh, level where a body would normally go into shock from that kind of pain to protect yourself. Um, And as it's, you know, one of the things that goes through most of our minds while we're having this attack is it's amazing how much pain is actually produced. It's like, Mm -hmm. I've never felt anything like this. And I don't, understand how a body could produce this kind of 
pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes away as quickly as it came on again. It doesn't slowly go away. It goes away within a few minutes usually, and then it's completely gone mm-hmm. um, until the next one starts. And you normally know when that's going to be, so you know whether or not you've got an hour or two or six hours before the next one. Right. It's a very sharp, devastating pain that um, comes on very quickly, lasts for about an hour, hour and a half, and then goes away quickly. And does it come with other symptoms, uh, like autonomic symptoms? Yeah, there are I... some other. There are some symptoms. Your eye will droop and and tear a little bit, and your nose on that side of the face will run. It is a one sided pain, mm-hmm. um, similar to migraine in that way that it's on one side of the head, um, okay. a little flushing of the face. Um, but there are some autonomic features also. Yeah. And I always like to say um, at this point that there is such a thing as migraine with autonomic symptoms that is not cluster. Some people um, will experience migraine with tearing and stuff. I know for whatever reason, I almost always have right-sided migraine. And then if I randomly get a left-sided one, my eye tears and turns red, but it doesn't mean it's cluster. Um, So we always, I always like to tell people that. Um, Was there anything else you wanted to say to people about, uh, what a cluster headache is well it's um it's it's hard to describe the pain the physical pain that you go through because there really aren't any words that could describe that type of pain Mm -hmm. um but when it's over um when that one attack is over the psychological pain remains and that you need to deal with um Mm -hmm. You need to pick yourself back up again, and you know you have a certain amount of time before the next one. So you try to build your life in those periods in between the attacks, because during the attack you certainly cannot do anything other than deal with that pain. Right. So if you're trying to keep a job or build a family or remodel your house, whatever it might be, you've got a certain amount of time to get back to building that life that you're trying to build. Um, The majority of people with clusters develop them in their early to mid-20s, although a lot of people do start even younger than that. I've talked to people that their kids five or six years old um, are diagnosed with clusters, um, 10, 12 years old. Um, Pediatric clusters is a definite issue and a thing that's really out there. Um, And that's where a lot of people are misdiagnosed as not having cluster headaches and they're diagnosed everything from migraines to just um, psychological issues that, Mm -hmm. you know, problem if um, somebody that's 12 years old and has this attack at two o'clock in the afternoon every day when they're in school, you know, they'll Mm -hmm. go to the nurse and the nurse will say, well, what's going on here? You know, you have history class every day at two o'clock. What is it that you don't like about history class that oh, you're coming yeah. in here with a headache every day? Right. Um, right. You, know, you need to get past that and just go back to history class. Um, right. So the the fact that um, they're timed that way, I mean, there are, once again, good things and, and bad things about that. Um, right. That um, you know can change people's lives. So. And to put it in con- 
text studies have shown it's been published that uh, cluster headache is more painful than child labor with without uh, epidurals. Uh, it's more painful than gunshot wounds. Um, I'm trying to think what else they have compared it to in the published published literature, but it is known to be the most painful disorder um, noted to mankind. Um, yeah, yep. there was a very large study done and th the people were asked this question to compare the pain to other pains that they themselves have lived with. Mm -hmm. um, so they aren't trying to compare their pain to anybody else's pain. They're comparing it to the pains that they have felt. Mm -hmm. And um, women that have had children, you know, that, that score their cluster headaches at nine and childbirth at six or seven. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's really similar to um, because of all that pressure in the eye socket and you have, you know, six or eight of these a day for six months out of the year or for decades. You know, you can compare it to you know, giving childbirth through your eye socket, you know, 10,000 times. Right. It, it's just a terrible affliction to, to try to live with. Right. Um, yeah, there were 29 people that in this survey that um, had also experienced gunshot wounds. Some of those actually were uh, attempted suicide shots to the head that people survived that graded the pain from their own gunshot wounds um, at seven versus the same nine and a half for, for cluster headaches. Um, right. So, yeah, it's um, at least for everybody that was in that survey, the cluster headaches were the most painful thing that they had ever experienced. Do we have any estimates of how many people are affected with the prevalence of cluster headache is? Well, there haven't been a lot of studies, and I wish that um, they would do some more. Um, but it seems like th the numbers are about one in a thousand. So it's, okay. that would mean there's probably about 350,000 people in the U.S. alone okay. that have cluster headaches. Um, okay. a, a lot of them are currently being misdiagnosed and mistreated. But um, yeah, we think there's about 350,000 of them in the States. Okay. So what treatments are available? You you mentioned that you tried many of the wrong treatments first yeah. um, and that the oxygen did help acutely. Uh, right. What all are, are treatments that do work yeah. for people that have cluster? So. As an acute treatment, the most important thing for anybody to, to get if they've been diagnosed with cluster headaches is high flow oxygen, which means um, not a concentrator and not with a nasal cannula. There is a special mask that was designed actually by a cluster sufferer that was a respiratory therapist. Um, and you need a, a big tank with a regulator that you can turn it up to like a minimum of 15 liters per minute. Okay. And a lot of people, I mean, if you can get onto the oxygen quick enough, you can end that usual hour-long attack in five or ten minutes if you can get onto the oxygen quick enough. Okay. Um, one of the triggers for clusters is REM sleep. So as soon as you go through, hit REM sleep, you're awakened with this cluster headache attack, and you're, you're already pretty deep into the attack. 
So people will keep an oxygen tank next to their bed so they can get on it as quick as possible. Um, but still, <clears throat> it's already pretty much full-blown. So it, it's going to help, but it's not going to end that attack that quickly. But oxygen is the best acute treatment for sure. Now, um, this mask, you, I'm sorry to interrupt, this mask yeah. you mentioned, um, can they see this mask on the Cluster Busters website? Is that a good place to go? Yeah, we have links there. I mean, we don't sell them ourselves, but um, there are suppliers that we do give links to to find this mask. It is very important that the proper setup is is found. So okay, and that's clusterbusters.org, right? Correct. Right. Okay. Right. Go ahead. So, so <clears throat> that's about the be best acute treatment um, for the you know clusters have been known and have been in medical literature for over 350 years, and there had never been a preventive treatment approved from the FDA in all of those years until a few years ago. Eli Lilly um, did a study that we helped work on with them um, mm -hmm. and got Mgality approved. It's one of their new CGRPs, and it's an injection, and it's a, a preventive that for some people, I mean, they are super responders that it works really well and, and will block a lot of the attacks. And um, you need to keep on taking the injections once a month until your cycle is over. Okay. Um, but it is really helpful for um, a, a group of patients. And that's what we're always looking for. Something that helps even one person with clusters is good that it's out there and discovered. Right. So. Um, but, uh, so that was the first one that was really approved. Luckily, the study was done for clusters, um, because it turned out that the dose that was needed for clusters is actually three times the dose that's needed for migraine. Oh, wow. Okay. And they never would have found it out had they not studied clusters specifically. And what has always happened is the cluster community always gets hand-me-downs from the migraine community every time mm -hmm. there's something that's developed or something that works for migraine. Um, headache specialists and neurologists would prescribe, you know, that list of drugs for people with clusters. Um, and the migraine treatment for CGRPs was actually developed before clusters, and we knew this was going to happen. What happened was doctors started prescribing the migraine dose for people with clusters and it wasn't working so people the doctors and the patients would kind of abandon that as a treatment uh thinking that it didn't work for them mm -hmm. um luckily it was studied that uh, we needed three times the amount of um, cgrps that migraine needed so okay um if people get that prescribed for themselves they need to make sure that they're getting the cluster dose and not the migraine dose Okay. Um, other than that, um, yeah, like I said, I tried 70 different medications and none of them worked um, well at all. Um, some Sometimes steroids work, um, but you can't stay on them for very long at the doses right. that are needed for cluster headaches. Um, the one thing that we've been researching that a lot of people have been using themselves through citizen science and our own research are psychedelics where they're using right. either psilocybin or LSD to to treat their clusters. Mm -hmm. And 
are having a lot of luck and there's a, a lot of research going on right now. There's probably more research for clusters with psychedelics than anything else going on right now. Yes. And so I'm in Colorado where I, a lot of this uh, goes on and people are interested in this research. So I hear about it all the time and I hear about how it works for people with cluster. Um, it's also being used for different psychiatric purposes, but um, a lot of people might find it shocking. So in case we have people listening, um, how do you respond when people find it shocking that people with cluster or pain conditions or psychiatric conditions are using psilocybin or psychedelics. Yeah, well, it was kind of shocking to the whole community when we kind of discovered this 20 years ago, and it just mm -hmm. happened that somebody came to our community and asked a question about whether or not we had heard anything about psychedelics possibly helping with cluster headaches. Mm -hmm. Um and for some people, you know, they've known about it for 10 years and have, are still on the fence whether or not they're willing to try them or not because of their legal status for the main the main thing. Right. Um, but um, before they were made illegal, there was a lot of research going on with psychedelics for all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. um, not only pain, but mental health conditions and post-traumatic stress and um the guy that founded AA um actually did so based on his treatments of himself with LSD um to treat his alcoholism mm -hmm. um and um there was really a lot of research going on before it was made illegal um mm -hmm. magic mushrooms have been used for thousands of years um in medicine in different cultures um very safely and it, it it certainly is a uh, a jump for people to make to mm -hmm. um, try something that's currently illegal um, mm -hmm. and it's said to have no medical benefits. But um, especially people with cluster headaches, um, they are really willing to try anything to mm -hmm. to end this. I mean, um, most of them. Um, have suicidal ideation that they're yep. dealing with all the time because of the pain. So it's not too far to, as a last resort, to try psychedelics rather than trying a different way out of life. So um, the, the main thing is we need the research to continue. Um, yeah. That was the main reason why we formed Cluster Busters was to get the research going and our first research was published in 2006 out of Harvard mm -hmm. that showed the effectiveness of psilocybin and LST to treat cluster headaches. Mm -hmm. And um, now there's a lot of research going on with a lot of different pain conditions using mm -hmm. psychedelics. One of the interesting things about psychedelics and you know, trying to find a cure for clusters is um the scientists now are trying to figure out what it is about psychedelics that are that make them helpful for cluster headaches. Right. And they seem to be um, zeroing in on um, a term called epigenetics, which means that you're um, it's changing the way your genes are expressing themselves. And it's stopping your genes from expressing themselves in a terrible 
painful way. Um, so what this moratorium on research with psychedelics has really held up is research that can lead to other things because of psychedelics, and it can answer some questions. And maybe it can help identify the genes that are causing cluster headaches. And 20 years ago, I predicted that it was actually going to be a gene therapy that was going to end up uh, curing cluster headaches and a lot of other things. And mm -hmm. psychedelics can answer a lot of questions um, about how genes express themselves and which ones are, are sending the wrong signals and what can be changed to um, to fix those signals. So um the um, 40 or 50 years that the stuff sat on a shelf without being researched kind of held up a lot of different research and a lot of progress and right. what it can lead to we have talked uh, a bit about epigenetics on this podcast previously particularly with a neurologist named amelia barrett um so our audience many people are probably familiar with that topic um and I can say that in my history of daily terrible pain, even though it wasn't cluster headache, I remember saying to doctors before that if they told me that crushing up asphalt and putting it in an IV was going to help me, I would have done it. Yeah. I mean, so I've I've been there. So there, there is... Um, I, I would have tried anything and um and there is data uh most of it put forward by cluster butter busters or and and uh, which is an amazing thing to me uh to show that this is helping people it is helping a lot of people and so I find this very interesting um and the data is on the clusterbusters.org uh website you can go there to see it and it has been published um, is there anything else that you would like our audience to hear about um, cluster headache in general, cluster busters, uh, the future, where you guys are going? Well, we're certainly growing mm -hmm. tremendously and and um, having a, an impact on um, the entire headache community, which consists of 40 million plus people in the United States um, mm -hmm. and pushing for more research and understanding and education. Um, education is, is so important, not only for the patients, but for caregivers to understand um, what their loved ones are dealing with, um, education um, of doctors and nurse practitioners and everybody else that's trying to take care of our health. Um, so, yeah, we, we like to be one of the louder voices in the room to, you know, mm -hmm. make sure that people don't forget that, you know, there might only be 350,000 of us rather than 40 million, but um, uh -huh. we're out here and trying to find help for people with headache disorders. And, um, yeah, we have a couple of... Um, in-person conferences coming up this year, one in May in Glasgow. This is our first European conference. Okay. They've been begging us to come over to Europe for years and years, and so we're finally doing that. And then we're going to be in Orlando in, in September um, okay. for our big conference there. So, um, yeah, anybody wants to find out the uh, best way to live with cluster headaches um, should come to our conference.
All right. That sounds like a great idea. So again, uh, it's clusterbusters.org. Anything you need to know about cluster headache is there. Uh, And this is Bob Wald. He is the founder and executive director and just an amazing human being. Uh, And thank you so much for being with us today, Bob. And uh, we've learned so much. And thank you everyone for joining us on this week's episode of Headwise. And please join us again next week on the weekly webcast, videocast, and podcast of the National Headache Foundation.